hey, um, just something that I don't know who else to tell, so I'm going to tell you people. I'm very much, and I don't know what topic this falls into. I don't know if this is a topic alert or not. It might be. But certainly it's something I do want to mention. And I have been made aware of something today that no longer happens. And I don't think I'm going to make you guess what it is, but it's something I thought about today and I've never thought about before. And I don't know if this is going to resonate with some of you or if it's going to prompt you to ring up with other things on a similar vein, but I'm not quite sure how to broach this topic. It's not a a creepy topic or an awkward topic. But in the scheme of things, it might sound quite irrelevant. But it occurred to me today that one of my most abiding memories of pain as a child was standing on drawing pins. And gosh, it happened often at school or at home. You'd be walking around the house and suddenly collapse in this mind-numbing pain as you'd pull the drawing pin out of this thick sole of a child's foot. Just crippling. And one of those pains that once the drawing pin was out, you were good to go and it was no longer painful. But what I've noticed is because of the drawing pins having changed their design, look, I don't know when that happened. Because they used to have a circular concave disc on top. And when they fell on the ground, they would fall, disc down, point up. And they'd be in corners and houses, they'd be on carpets, they'd be everywhere. You know, there'd be pictures on the walls and stuff, and the drawing pins would be there. And you'd be forever standing on them, twice or three times a year. All the time. And of course, what has happened, and no one's taken note of that or mentioned this, is in the last 20, 30 years, just quietly, without anyone watching, the drawing pin design has changed. And I could never work out why it changed, but it changed to that one with almost like a plastic cotton reel shape at the other end from the pointy end where you push it in. And I guess now, and I've only just realised it now, that that was designed like that, so when they fell on the ground they wouldn't fall point upwards. Now, I don't know if this is talkback or not, but it's come as a great realisation to me, and I think I want to actually acknowledge that, that we don't stand on drawing pins like we used to. Now, am I out of my mind, or is that something that someone else has resonated with someone else? Has someone else ever thought that? Because you were forever standing on them. And I don't think I had an overly drawing pinny kind of an upbringing, but it would be one of my most abiding memories. And almost you remember the feeling of actually having to get your fingers around the bottom of that drawing pin and pulling it out of the foot, even as the foot itself had kind of almost kind of contracted around it. Anybody? Is this resonating with anyone? Yeah, I can see people I can see people out in their cars at the sections nodding. Are you hearing me, Joe? Are you on my page? I'm hearing you. Uh, you're right. I was sitting at an intersection nodding my head and I can <laughs> <laughs> I can see the points of the old school drawing pins pointing up, I can I can see it in my head. My worst memory of that was not standing on one, was kneeling on one. And oh boy. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think I've kneeled on them too, as you'd be crawling around as a kid um, on the floor playing, wouldn't you? Oh, the agony. Oh, yeah. And you'd then have to, because you'd, you, you, you'd know when you were actually 
an architect of your own demise. It was up to you to actually pull it out, wasn't it? <laughs> There's no one else around to pull them out. You got to do it yourself. That's I, I guess that's one of the um, one of the points of, of becoming a man is being able to pull the drawing pins out of your out of your own flesh. And then there wouldn't be much blood, be there a tiny bit of blood, it would heal over quite safely, but you'd you'd know it, wouldn't you? Oh boy. Oh yeah. Yeah. John, have you had anything interesting in your foot? Well, it, it wasn't my foot. It was my son's foot when he was about eight or nine. He jumped off something and landed on a lead head nail. Oh. And remember the old lead head nails of the 1970s? Uh, the head was really was made of lead. But anyway, it, it penetrated his foot um, some distance. I threw him on the back seat of the car and rushed him into the local GP, country doctor. The doctor took one look at his foot in the, in the back of the car, and without warning anybody, the doctor wrapped his fingers around the nail and with one yank pulled it out. Oh, good on him. You need All to write him a... and dusted in about two seconds. Did he say count from ten backwards to the kid or anything? No, nothing like that. <laughs> Did he give him a shot of whiskey? No, no, the father. I needed a shot of whiskey, but how, how, uh, was it was it an up to the head? Oh uh, no, but there was just enough out for the doctor to get his fingers around under the head of the nail. Oh, I thought he. I thought you were going to say he brought some pliers out of his pocket and pulled it out. No, no, no. He said it was a good. Good old country doctor. No fuss, no bother. <laughs> and then, and charged you? I don't think he did. No, probably you wouldn't if you're country GP. That's stock and trade, isn't it? Hello, Brian. Hello, Marcus. Um, about well, 50-odd years ago, we'd been married about a year, and uh, we went to a rather noisy barbecue at a friend's place in Stokes Valley. And one of my jobs was cutting steaks up, which I did to on a table outside, and everybody else had been drinking a lot of beer, and so had I. And it got a bit dark, and I was still cutting steaks, and the music was going, and there were some balloons bouncing around. And at some point, my wife, who was still my wife, I might add, um, she went to kick a balloon, and that's the balloon I chose to pop with my very, very sharp knife. So wow. I drove, drove the knife down into the balloon, she kicked up and, and the, the knife went straight into the top of her foot. And then my hand slid down the blade. And I, and I cut all the nerves and tendons in my right hand. I'm looking at the scar now. Fifty years later, I can see the scar's a big white thing through my hand. So they rushed me to the hospital. And all I remember is waking up on a table with guys working on my hand. And to my left was another table where two guys were working on my wife's foot. There's this bloody big knife sticking out of it. <laughs> So that was a good start to our marriage. We ended a up fun in, night yeah. in Stokes Valley. I mean, it's almost, wow. Do you remember the music that was playing? No, I don't. But we were um, parts of bands. It was a lot of good music. <laughs> it would have been, yes, would have yes. been Beatles and, and uh, all that crowd. Wow. So the, the knife didn't have a... Yeah, a guard. A, a guard. No, was, so your hand just... It was just a kitchen slipped. carving knife, and it was very sharp. Oh, man, it was... It really so, and it, so it, it cut the underside of your fingers, obviously. on Yeah, okay, I'm just trying to think out. It's across, right. right across the palm of my hand. Oh. So it runs along the, um, you know, the marks where you've already, that you already have naturally on your hand. I've got a, a third line there. It's just a white scar. And the, numbs, the hand is still numb. I've had many a, a party trick of karate chopping things with my numb hand. <laughs> 
<laughs> and was the was the knife hard to remove from your wife's foot? Well, the doctors had to get it out. They took us both to the hospital. Yeah, and they had to. They yanked and pulled, and it got out. Yeah. And she and she came off okay. Yeah, she was she was okay. Well, she was laid up at home for a while, and I was getting around and plaster her in a sling. So we were slowed down a wee bit for that week. And what I like about the story is that it was no one's real fault. I mean, fault could be apportioned evenly to you both. Is that right? No, no, no. I, I berated her um, very loudly for trying to kick <laughs> balloons dangerously. <laughs> what she have on? She had shoes? Uh, no, she was bare feet. It was a summer's night. We were all outside. Oh, what a disaster. And wrecked the barbecue, of course. That was it, I suppose, or that kept well, going. Yes, because the host had to throw him in his car. I was, I was vomiting <laughs> out the car window all the way to the hospital. Oh, you throw it. You, that, that happens, does it? You throw up. Oh, yes. You get very sick when you get a big wound like that. Wow. Okay. Great story. Beautifully told. You had me at Stokes Valley. Johnny, hello. Yeah, g'day, Marcus. How are you? Good, Johnny. So I was um, Form 2 in Milton at Milton Tokamura High School and school cross-country day. And the school, just about 400 metres before the end, there's a creek that we run through. So prior to my run, and I think I'm going to do pretty good this year, I'm, I decided to practice running through the creek, down quick into the creek, up out the other side. So I took my shoes off, my running shoes, to go and proceed. And as I went through the creek, I cut my foot, my right foot, from under the little toe about halfway up the foot on glass. Um, and then they proceeded to remove about two buckets of broken glass out of the area that all the school was about to go running through. So the glory of saving the school from a lot of cut feet didn't stop the local anaesthetic pain going through my head when I had to go and get all the stitches, and I missed out on running the cross-country that day. But then now, I guess, um, you know, 35, 40 years later, I'm regressed to standing on squishy avocados in the orchard or on my children's Lego, which is equally as painful but yeah i saved milton primary school or high school sorry from a a lot of cut feet that day fairly hardcore cross country through the street yeah, it was and i always sit there and think <laughs> i wonder how many nutters were just throwing bottles in there in advance of the school cross country to be dicks but you know it was it was my misfortune and yeah helped the day out and i think they did a traditional cleanup every year after that prior to the cross country have we got a name of the stream I, I don't know. It was ran, runs right through the middle of the sports fields of Tokamura High School. Someone else on the line might know what it, what the name of the creek was, but it was it was adventurous, that's for sure. And you could have been a you could have you could have podiumed, as they say these days, could you, if you hadn't cut your foot? Well, I did actually. The um, the next year, I won it. So for my yes. age group, so I was pretty stoked. <laughs> I did come back and revenge my peers. Yes. But, um, that year, I was I was misfortune for sure. And did they send you to the regionals? <laughs> they certainly did. And where they were they? Where, where were they? Up at Roxborough, or where were the regionals? Oh no, it was we went to the Hastings games that year when we eventually oh, got a secondary score. Gee, you went all the way to Hastings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and I did the road race in the eight hundred, and my poor old dad came all the way down to Hastings to watch me um, run the eight hundred meters and get knocked down the heats because I wasn't actually that fast over a shorter distance. <laughs> well, and also your foot had been da- also your foot had been damaged. You'd had major surgery to your foot, hadn't you? <laughs> yeah, a whole like eight stitches of major surgery. It was pretty phenomenal.